Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for listening here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results and headlines from the past few days before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, happy Thursday, everybody. A bit of a surprise episode this morning after taking yesterday off. As we post on social media as well, we are three episodes away from our 200th episode, so we're coming up on a break for the show as well as we head into the days of just baseball. So today's going to be all about previewing the NBA and NHL uh, finals. We've got some golf plays today as well, and then we've got a couple episodes, last one being post-finals And so we're excited and we're ready to get into the show. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to Bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's chat quickly about how our plays went for May, uh, because it wasn't great. We were down double-digit units overall for the month. Had a cold couple weeks there right in the middle of the month. And so our NHL and NBA futures really clouded our judgment at times. And unfortunately, we lost a lot of units there. But now we can focus on the individual games, getting back on track in June. Lots of golf happening as well. We've got Canadian Open coming up. We've got the U.S. Open as well. And so we're going to have a great June. Now, let's talk about the NBA Finals now being set as the Miami Heat beat the Boston Celtics in seven games on the road, and they now take on the Denver Nuggets. So that game seven was not close. The Heat won 103 to 84. Uh, Very surprising result when you see a team up 3-0, then it gets pushed to 3-3, and now you have to go on the road and win in a game seven. I think it just goes to show the true grit of this Heat team. Now, Caleb Martin was incredible in that game. Um, When you're talking about a guy that was undrafted out of the league, um, working out with Jay Cole at his house, and then gets an opportunity, and then he goes on and has such a great game like this one, 26-10, and and he was 11 of 16 shooting. So he really showed up for the Heat. Honestly, could have been even the Heat's uh, MVP for the Eastern Conference Finals. But Jimmy Butler was also great. He had 28-7-6. Can't take anything away from him winning that award. He's been phenomenal throughout this postseason. Bam was consistent with another double-double. Got seven assists there as well. So he was great. Now, on the Boston side, they really struggled here. Uh, Jalen Brown, lots of turnovers. He was 8-23 of shooting on the night. Jason Tatum, he rolled his ankle in the opening minutes of the game. 
And so he went five of 13 and Marcus Smart wasn't able to step up either. He went four of 10 from the field for nine points. So bad loss for Boston at home. Uh, yes, they shouldn't have. They're actually pretty fortunate to be in that spot. Let's be honest. That game six tip in from Derek White was very fortunate. But this is a team that I don't want to overreact and say that they should be blown up. You give it a couple days thought since this game did happen just a number of days ago. But you can definitely retool this roster a bit. It will be tough in a number of years once you have to pay Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But they're not going to be the first guys to get paid these crazy contracts that they could be offered. Brown is five years, 295, so just shy of $60 million a year. And there's going to be plenty of guys that are going to be taking those contracts down the line. Boston just might be one of the first teams to do so. And Brogdon, it looked like he was hurt throughout the series. So I don't want to say that they need to go and get a playmaker necessarily. Maybe they do. Maybe they need to move on from a guy like Smart. I don't know. He does bring a lot of perimeter defense. Uh, maybe you need to upgrade the, the Horford spot because he looked great against Embiid, but really struggled at times in the Boston series. Maybe you just add a veteran or two and you retool this thing. But when you've got superstars that are 25 and 26 years old that went to the Eastern Conference Finals five times already, I think blowing it up is a a bit premature. Missoula, he's going to lose a bunch of his assistant coaches, it looks like, heading over to Yudoka staff in Houston. But I think that you run it back with this core and you see what happens because these guys are very rare to get. You've got all NBA guys in Brown and Tatum and, and moving on from either one of them. Uh, wouldn't be a wise decision. Now, NHL-wise, we've got Vegas. They blew out Dallas in Game 6, and they're going to face Florida in the finals for the Stanley Cup. Now, one of the worst home displays you'll see from the Stars in a do-or-die game. Down 3 to nothing after the first. They were never truly in this game. Vegas just blew the doors off of them. And it's unfortunate that 20-1 to ticket dies for us with the Stars winning the Cup. Um, we didn't get the same Ottinger that we got in the playoffs last year that nearly knocked off a team like Calgary in the playoffs. So Vegas, truly, they were the best team in the West, a much-deserved victory for them. And so they're going to go on and take on the Panthers in the Stanley Cup final. Now, some NBA coaching moves. We got Nick Nurse. He was hired by Philadelphia and Monty Williams heading to Detroit. And I actually like the hire for both teams. We'll start with the Nurse one. Uh, I like the hire because I think Nurse, he's gotten over the hump recently. That, that was one of the things about Doc. Uh, he hadn't gotten over to hump since back in 2008 with his Celtics. Had a lot of very close uh, playoff runs, a lot of playoff chokes as well, let's be honest. So now they're going to decide where they're going to go here with the roster. They've got the coach and Nick Nurse. Um, he does like to play his starters heavy minutes, which is something that's been made a big deal of. But he also, when he had Kawhi, did a good job of load managing him. So I don't see him running a guy like Embiid into the ground. Do I think he's going to run Tobias into the ground? Potentially. Probably the same with Maxi. He's a very young guy, but he is due a max contract after this year. They have to make a decision around James Harden. Is he going to return to this team, or are they going to move on? Rumors are that Fred Van Vliet could be heading to Philly if Harden leaves. Not a terrible replacement. Um, Van Vliet's very familiar with that system. He's got that playoff experience as well. He won a title with Kawhi back in 2019. So, I think that Philly's going to be in a fine spot. That Tobias contract really hurts having $39 million on the books for him, but it seems like a near unmovable contract. If you could move him and add a couple of different pieces, maybe that's how you retool this thing, but I do think that Philly made the right coaching hire at the very least. Then you got Monty Williams hired in Detroit, and 
when you go from a situation like Phoenix where you're talking title or bust to the Pistons, which is full on rebuild, it's going to get very interesting. So he's six years, 72 and a half million could get up to eight years, a hundred million based off incentives. And he's going to have a bare bones roster here. It's going to be all young guys. If you look at what their potential starting lineup could be prior to making the fifth pick this year, Cade Cunningham, who was hurt most of the year, Jaden Ivey, rookie, Bogdanovich, fairly young player. And then you've got Bagley and Wiseman, number one and number two picks that got moved on from their respective teams in Golden State and Sacramento. As I mentioned, they also had the fifth pick this year, so they could get a quality player up in the top of this draft, maybe one of the Thompson brothers. So Hayes, he's got to get to the next level. Guys like Jalen Duren do as well. And so he's going to have a very young group, one that can grow together. This is going to be all about player development in Detroit. If they're able to develop these guys, Detroit could be contenders in the East in three or four years. But as of now, they're one of the worst teams in the league, and Monty's going to have a tough task ahead. A lot of losses coming, at the very least, this coming year. And then in the NHL, you've got two new coaching hires as well, Andrew Burnett and the Capitals hired Spencer Carberry as well. So the Predators get Burnett. If you remember, he did lead the Panthers to the President's Trophy in his first year as a head coach, just didn't have a lot of playoff success. He was also the Devils' associate coach in 2022-23 and a former Predators player as well. So he does have connections there to the organization. I do like this hire for them. I'm curious what the direction of this roster is going to be. There's no major contracts being up, but there is $13 million in cap space for the Predators to use. So do they want to go rebuild or do they want to try and revamp? They got guys like Matt Duchesne that they're paying $8 million a year, which kills them but they do still have players like Philip Forsberg as well. So I'll be interested to see the direction that they take. Washington, on the other hand, they get Carberry, who was the Leafs' assistant the last two years, and he was instrumental in that power play that they have, which was second in the NHL during his tenure. He also has ties to the organization here because he did coach their AHL team, the Hershey Bears, in 2021. Again, what's the direction of this team? Is it just going to be watch Ovi try and pass Gretzky? Or are they going to try and retool this thing, move on from guys like Kuznetsov? Maybe they want to build around Mantha. Who knows? But they have a lot of decisions to make down the road. So with that, we're going to head over to the daily game slate. We're going to talk about what we have coming up today. But before we do, let's play the video. Alrighty, so let's start out with the first one today. We're going to look at the Memorial Tournament preview. So this is Jack's event. It's one of my favorites of the year. Uh, growing up, this is one that Tiger played in all the time. He had a lot of great memories here. He had a hole out a number of years ago. And so they've had Ryder Cups here back in the 80s. But Muirfield Village, it's one of the better courses that you're going to see on tour throughout the year. Especially when you get into the back nine, you get really familiar with a lot of the holes here. So Billy Horschel was the winner here last year. And then the rest of the top five, you've got Aaron Weiss, you had Cantley, Neiman, and Berger to round out the top five. So I think Cantley will probably be a very popular play here this week. He did win it a couple years ago, and then obviously finishing top five last year. So it's clearly a track that he likes, and, and Cantley's playing relatively well. We're not going to go that direction with our plays this week, but I do like one top ten 
and that being John Rom for a similar reason why people like Cantley. I know that it's a minus 117 for a top 10. May not feel like the greatest value in the world, but his game is really solid right now. He obviously won the Masters a couple months ago, and he's a former winner here as well. That's why it's exactly like Cantley. So I think that this is a really good spot here today at minus 117 for a top 10. Now, the two that I absolutely love, and you got to head over to Bet99 because they're both odds boosted, titled the Shooter Shoot Banger. I like Fowler and Cameron Young to both be top 20 this week. So let's talk about Fowler. He's plus 140, now up to plus 175 over there at Bet99. So top 20 in his last five regular tour events. I don't want to put too much weight into him missing the cut at the PGA. was a very tough week for a lot of guys there. Doesn't take away from the fact that Fowler has been great in his last five events, especially last week. He finished tied for sixth there. So it feels like a, an event for him to have another strong finish. I'm kind of waiting for Fowler to break through. I want to go and bet him to, to win an event or even a top five. But until he does, I'm going to keep betting these top 20s. Feels like great value at plus 175. Cameron Young goes from plus 130 to plus 160 with the boost. Did make the cut here last year. He did struggle a little bit after said cut, but I'm expecting him to have a better showing here. And he's one of the better young guys on tour. This could be one of those events where a young guy breaks through. We've seen that happen a number of times over the years here at Mirafield Village. Now, we got to talk about the NBA Finals preview. So Denver, very heavy favorites, but this is nothing new for Miami this postseason. Denver's minus 435 over on bet 99-2 win the finals Miami plus 320 so I think the keys if you're Denver in order to win this series is Gordon and Yoke Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. because Murray and Jokic they're going to get theirs we know Murray's probably going to be a 25 or 30 point a game guy Jokic may average a triple double in this series as well but what are they going to get from the rest of their cast and crew because Miami can somewhat match them with Jimmy and Bam maybe not in the scoring department as much with Bam but Bam might be able to defend Jokic relatively well. And they're going to get contributions from guys like Caleb Martin, guys like Kyle Lowry. So a guy like Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., they could have some matchup issues here. This is bad matchups for the Heat. It's why I do like Denver to, to close out this series relatively early. So I would be concerned about them. On the Miami side, all eyes are going to be on Tyler Hero and when he returns. It sounds like game three is what he's eyeing. Would be a major boost for them to get him back. I think he was their second leading scorer in the regular season. And then I talked about Michael Porter Jr. and Gordon. Guys like Caleb Martin, it can't just be him. It's got to be Gabe Vincent. It's got to be Max Struess. These are starters for this Heat team. And they're going to need to show up. It doesn't have to be every single night. But if they can get 15 or 20 from these guys on alternating nights, it would go a long way against a Denver team that's going to score a ton of points. And Miami's going to have to match them. Now, Finals MVP, as I said, I like Denver to close it out early, which means I'm looking at Jokic minus 371 and Murray plus 1,000. Not great odds here, but I do think that Jokic is going to be the finals MVP. He finally gets his title, so I'm going to take Denver to win this one in five games. I think they win both in Denver, take one in Miami, and then they close it out pretty early. So that's my prediction for the NBA Finals. Stanley Cup Finals, we got Vegas minus 134 versus Florida at plus 109, so much closer here. And it's because of the goaltending. Uh, Vegas, the key's here. They got to get to Bobrovsky early because he's been the best goaltender throughout the playoffs. He absolutely carried them in that Carolina series. 
And so if they can rattle him early at home in games one and game two, then they might be able to take this series in the same breath. They need Aiden Hill to step up. He had rough game four and game five versus Dallas. So I think that he's poised for a great run here as well, but you got to get to Bobrovsky early and throw him off his game because he's been absolutely lights out throughout this run. Now on the Florida side, cannot afford to start slow on the road. Uh, They did it in the Boston series. And I do think that they need someone not named Matthew Kachuk to step up here. Uh, Barkov had five points in that Carolina series, but he struggled versus Toronto. So which Kachuk or which uh, Barkov are we going to get? Montour, he contributed nothing offensively, but has been a workhorse for this team. So he's going to have to step up. Uh, Plenty of other guys on this group like Verheke. This is going to be a fun series. Cons, my thoughts. You got Bobrovsky at plus 185, Kachuk at plus 290. I don't think that's an indication that Vegas really likes Florida. It's that there's just two clear-cut guys that would be the finals MV or the con Smythe, I should say, for the NHL. But Eichel at plus 370, Marsha Show at plus 600, and Carlson at plus 640. Those are your odds if you want to go the Florida or the Vegas route. I do like Vegas in six games for the series. Would probably take Eichel at plus 370 if I'm playing a finals MVP. And then we got plenty of MLB action happening today. This is going to be an everyday thing, um, but not a lot of plays out there that we really love. You do have pitchers like Gossman going for the Jays against the Brewers. You got Scherzer going for the Mets against the Phillies. You've got Musgrove going for the Padres today as well. So there's a lot of good pitchers out there, um, but not a lot of value for the slate. So let's talk about our last call pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their dill pickle vodka. My wife loves that for a Caesar, and I like their old-fashioned cocktail. A lot of seasonal stuff as well. Uh, They have their sweet tea vodka for the summer, as well as a coconut vodka if you're looking to mix up some nice tropical drinks. Really appreciate Last Mountain Distillery, local sponsor for the show. So let's get into it. Three plays for today and a player prop, and then we're going to head on out and enjoy the rest of our week. Don't think we're going to be back Friday, but we should be Monday. So let's start with the Denver Nuggets first half minus four and a half versus the Miami Heat minus 125 for two units. I like Denver to get out to a massive start because that's what they've done throughout this entire playoff run. And I think that they're going to steamroll the Heat early. Uh, The Heat could get back into it in the third quarter. I'm not going to rule that out. They did that quite consistently throughout this playoff run, maybe even the fourth as well. But a tough adjustment playing in Denver. Denver led by 11 versus Minnesota in game one. They led by 17 at the half versus Phoenix. And they led by 18 versus the Lakers in game one. The altitude matters here. Denver's rested. I think they get a 10-plus point lead at the half in Game 1, and they set the tone for the rest of the series. I'm also going to play the Connecticut Sun first half minus 3.5 versus the Minnesota Lynx at minus 125 for a full unit. I know this is a road game, but the Lynx are winless, and they are in absolute shambles out of the gate for the WNBA season. The Sun are 4-1. Their lone loss came to the Liberty, who... Should be heading to the WNBA Finals this year with their cast and crew. But they they beat the teams that they should, the Sun have. 
And so I think that they're going to take care of business versus a, an inferior opponent, at least early on. I don't like getting into a road spread of an eight, which is where it's at right now. But I do think Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas could have some big games here. So I really like the Sun early. I also like the Padres team total over three and a half at minus 150. This is a two unit play as well. And the Padres, they had a tough day at the plate yesterday. They lose that game two to two to one. And in fact, they were up one to nothing heading into the bottom of the ninth. So I think this is a bit of a revenge spot. One bad day doesn't make a team. And the Padres do score over four runs per game. They went over in four of their last five. And Jesus Lazardo, he has a 3.67 ERA. So I think they can get to him early. You get into that bullpen and they can definitely add some runs late as well. So really love the value here. Our player prop for today, it is a little bit juiced at minus 152, but I do like Michael Porter Jr. over 14 and a half for a unit versus the Heat. And it's because he averaged 15 on the nose against the Lakers. And three out of those four games, he had 15 or 16 points. So when I saw 15 and a half, I got a little bit worried with that one. So while it is a bit juiced, I think that that full point does matter in order to hit the over here. Um, he's going to have matchup. Uh, he's going to create matchup problems, I should say, versus the Heat. So I really like him to get out to a hot start in this series. Now, we may have some more player props later today. Maybe look at a Padres player prop for total bases, given we like that over. But if we do, we'll be posting those later today on all of our social media platforms. So appreciate everyone who tuned into our 198th episode of the show. We are two away from 200 now. We appreciate you all for listening, and we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Hedge podcast. (laughs) 